And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Turn your Bibles to Acts chapter, Acts chapter 9 and verse 10. By way of introduction, let me say that we left off last week talking about the portrait of a committed or a faithful disciple. Mm-hmm. If you can recall, we stated that the spiritual rehabilitation of Saul had begun. You remember that? Saul, the Christian persecutor, had begun. And the Lord Jesus was looking for someone to assist in the spiritual rehabilitation of Saul. And so, Jesus was not looking for anybody mm -hmm, to help in the rehabilitation of Saul. But he was looking for somebody who was committed. Can you see a committed believer? A faithful believer. Somebody who's true and authentic. Amen? And I'll show you through scripture as we go through the word that the Bible clearly, Jesus clearly states that there's a difference between those who just got saved and those who are mature in the word. Amen? How many of you know the child grows? Mm -hmm. I think it's uh, first, or second, first or second Corinthians 13, 11 says, when I was a child, he spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a... Yeah, and he's talking about the, the growth that one, ex one experiences, amen, as the mature in Christ. So I'm not saying, I'm not saying that there is, I'm not the one saying that there's a difference. The Bible clearly states that. Amen? So, that's why I said, Jesus, the Lord Jesus, Jesus was looking for someone in particular to help in the spiritual rehabilitation of the, of Saul. At the time he was called Saul. Uh-huh. And so, he, the Lord Jesus began to look. Saul is in Damascus. You know the story. He's in the house of an individual called Judas. And he's there sitting blind three days and three nights. He won't eat. He won't drink. Because he's trying to find out what happened. Mm -hmm. I was devout. Here was I thinking that I was doing the Lord's will. Mm -hmm. And now I run into the Lord Jesus. Are you getting me? So he's confused. And God is looking for somebody. The Lord Jesus was looking for somebody to help clear his confusion. And the Lord Jesus ended up speaking to a man by the name of Ananias. That's where we are. Ananias. Luke chapter 9 verse 10. The Bible says, and there was a certain disciple at Damascus. And since if you would give me some time to do a little revision from last week. Because last week, last week Sunday I skipped over some things. Amen. That I think we should spend some time. Because believe it or not brothers and sisters. God is still looking for people today. And don't you count yourself out. Amen. God is still looking for people to touch the world. He's still looking for that remnant few. He's still looking for that certain disciple. Can you say certain disciple? He didn't say that he was looking for apostles or evangelists. Amen. Or prophets or prophetesses. 
just a certain disciple. Can you say just a certain disciple? Yeah. Say I can be a certain disciple. Yes, hallelujah. And so we are told here, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. We said Ananias. Ananias means the Lord has favored. Mm? So, and, and, and notice the play on words in scripture. The reason why I believe the meaning of the word Ananias means the one who's favored is because we all here we are favored. I mean, so God is speaking to everybody. Anybody here favored this morning? Yes. Yeah. So that includes you and I. Amen. So God spoke to him and said, the Lord said to him, how did the Lord speak to him? In a vision. Can you say vision? vision. Amen. God, and we'll look, at, we'll look at what the vision means and see who uh, in scripture, from scripture, the Lord spoke to them in, in, in a vision. So, but the Lord spoke to him in a vision and the Lord said, behold, and he said, Ananias said, behold, I am here, Lord. Can you say, I am here, Lord? You know, very few of us can say that. Mm -hmm. Very few of us can, are in a place where we can hear God and say, I am here, Lord. I am available for use. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that because God is looking for people today. And don't look at pulpits. Uh-uh. You see how COVID, you see how COVID shift the dynamics of the church. Now everybody's got a voice. <laughs> More people can be rich. Now that's a beautiful thing. Amen. More people can be rich. Praise the Lord. You can encourage people from any, from any platform throughout the entire world. Because God is looking for people who will say, I am here, Lord. Now, as we move forward, I want to bring two things to your attention. I want to bring one principle to your attention and one lesson. I want to see how important that is because I don't want you to count yourself out. Sometimes we get so busy with our own issues, our own challenges. Well, sometimes I get so busy. I found out the best set of people to talk about is you and dead people. I said that too fast. <laughs> sometimes I get so busy with my own challenges. Amen? And so busy to the point where I don't even hear the voice of God. To the point where I can't even say, Lord, here I am. Because of the struggle. How many of you know the struggle is real? Yeah. Since, let me share with you, every day there's a devil pushing against your spiritual growth. Pushing against my spiritual growth. He's just afraid somebody will evolve into a little Jesus. Because if you and I evolve into a little Jesus, he's in trouble. And he wants to ensure that no one evolves into a little Jesus. So he'll get you busy. He'll get you tired. He'll get you distracted. He'll use me to throw you off course. But he just doesn't want the seed sowed in your heart. Because if the seed germinates, takes hold of your heart, then you're going to evolve into little Jesus. And that's what he doesn't want. And so we go about our business very blind. Blindly, amen. Not realizing that spiritual forces are working against us. Can, you see, can I say it again? Spiritual forces are working against us. Job is on the earth. The man is going about his own business. He has a family. Amen. The Bible says he, is, he has great substance. Job doesn't know. There is a conversation. 
taking place in the heavenlies about him. I'm telling you, saints, brothers and sisters, there is a war going on and you can feel it. And I'm asking you, do not stay asleep. Put yourself in a position to say, Lord, here I am. So the first principle that's working here, I want you to see that's working here, is, is, is that we are, we are co-laborers. God needed Ananias to help rehabilitate Saul. Are you getting what I'm saying? God has it so. God has given us the ministry of what? Yes, 2 Corinthians 5, 20, 21. God hath given you and I the ministry of reconciliation. So God has to use somebody to reconcile the world to himself. That's why the Bible says you and I are co-laborers. And we see it here. God needs a co-laborer to help rehabilitate Saul. And the co-laborer he found was whom? Ananias. Let me share with you. God needs a co-laborer to touch the person next to you. And you are the one he's depending on. I'm the one he's depending on. Mm -hmm. You know the end. The end is everybody's going to kneel before Jesus. So at work, at play, yes, we thank God for the office and so on. But, but don't you ever forget why you are there. Don't you ever forget your duties to keep your lights on. And do not lose your influence. Amen? Because in the end, the question won't be, how well did you perform your job at such and such a place? That's not the question. The question is, what did you do with the Lord Jesus? That's what it boils down to. All the time, you've been given 24 hours every day. How did you show up to spend the 24 hours? Look, I know you got to sleep eight hours. That's gone. I know you got to work eight hours. That's gone. You got eight more hours. <laughs> How do you use it? 2023 is coming to an end. You know, I've been to numerous pastors' conferences. I'm jumping ahead in my sermon because I just suspect I wouldn't get to that part. <laughs> numerous pastors' conferences. I'm taking my time this morning because I want you to understand what I'm saying. Amen. And you, I look at these guys on the stage and I come to them all the time and I said, how did you get there? You know, sometimes you ask people, you know, it's always good to ask people where, who, who are, where you want to go. You know that, right? You cannot sit back and be proud and say, well, one day God is going. No, you humble yourself and you go ask, what happened? Does God practice speciality? <laughs> Why did God do it for you? He's not doing it for me. How many of you know there's nothing like that? Some of you did not say amen. This is a good place you missed to say amen. God does not practice speciality. God didn't do anything for T.D. Jakes. He doesn't do for other preachers. T.D. Jakes did something preachers don't do. And the law took him where he is. Yeah, L-A-W. The law of the Lord <laughs> took him where he is. He cooperated and, and, and you know, Wood, every time I ask that question, I pull out my pad because I'm expecting to get something new. And invariably, they, they say this right here. I disciplined myself. Let, 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 me, let me, can I go to it quickly? 
Because I want to show you what Ananias did. That is why God called him a disciple. Hear me. When God calls somebody, someone a disciple. Listen. When the Lord Jesus calls somebody a disciple in the Bible. That's a big thing. <laughs> Are you getting me? It was the Lord Jesus who told him he is a disciple. And I'm going to show you in John chapter 8 verse 31. How Jesus said one becomes a disciple. It's all in scripture. Listen to me. Everything is in the Bible. I'm talking too fast. Everything is in the Bible. All you have to do is scour the Bible to find it. All our answers are in the Bible. That's why the Bible says one thing is what? Because the word of God is the seed you need for your answer. Let me say it again. The word of God is the seed you need for your. Or not. <laughs> for those of you who didn't say amen. Okay so you know invariably these men they say this to me. Oh God help me. I'm getting there you all bear with me. I'm skipping ahead. Because I just suspect I'll not reach that good part. How did you get there I ask. And this is what they always say. They say, you know, Emmanuel, I discipline myself to follow a simple system and not overlook the small things. They say, I consistently do the same little things that lead to big things. They, yeah, that's what they say. I followed a simple system, just a simple system like five chapters. Of the book of Psalms. And one chapter. From the book of Proverbs. You know I've been touting that for a while. And very few people still do that. I have people still call me and say. Pastor what are you doing? What are you doing? And you know. Sometimes you want to say something sad. Yeah. Not overlooking the little things. You see, reading five chapters of Psalms and reading one proverb is a little things. But how many of you know, a lot of little things lead to a big thing. You see, we are in the big thing mentality. For some reason, the devil has gotten us to think it's just, just like that. God just snap a finger. And these men, I, I ask, how do you get 30,000 people? How do you get 20,000 I follow the simple system. I disciplined myself. The one thing with them, they wouldn't tell me their system. <laughs> but I guarantee you, it has to do with immersing yourself in God's word. Yes, yes. So follow the simple system. Big things lead to what? Little things lead to big things. Another thing they always said to me, I had to overcome obstacles. I'm trying to explain to you why God called Ananias a disciple. These are some of the things Ananias did. Is that alright? They said, I overcome obstacles. I said, what do you mean you overcome obstacles? Because here am I thinking you had to overcome the, something that the state put in your way. You know what I'm saying? Somebody tried to stop you. No, no, no. I asked, what do you mean? <laughs> One of the guys said to me, well, I had to eat my biggest meal between five and six. So my body could digest it and go to bed at 10, 10.30 so I can get up at 5.36. I was telling my wife, I got to do better because I have the information I got. 
And I'm, I, I'm, that's an obstacle. Yes, he said that's an obstacle. The obstacle is to fight against eating anytime so you can go to bed, get a good rest, and get up at 5.30 to deliver. Uh-oh, he called it an obstacle. So that's so for the first thing is discipline oneself to follow a simple system. The second, the second thing is overcome obstacles. The third thing is I had to deal with my inner self-doubt. I had to deal with what? My inner self-doubt. I had to die daily. One guy said to me, I could not let what they call the imposter syndrome. It is just the imposter syndrome is a sense of inability that weighs on your heart consistently. I cannot do it. You know, you're, you're just fighting against yourself. You have a dream. You have a vision. Mm? And you're asking God for years. How can I move forward? And you are telling yourself. You? Who do you think you are? You're from the country. Your mother was such and such and such. Look. Look how you failed all these years. Look. <clears throat> Imposter syndrome. And the guy said, I had to fight against that. I had to get up and die daily. So, you know, sometimes, Eric, I'm thinking, I pull out my notes, I'm thinking it's something new, something different. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. The same small things. And so last night I was reading this and the Lord brought to my attention. Hey, I called Ananias a disciple. And I said, hey, Lord, that's a big thing. For you to call somebody a disciple, I need to know how we got there. Because I want the Lord to call me a, yes, a disciple. Wouldn't that wonderful? Wouldn't that be wonderful if God says, Eric, my disciple. How many of you would prefer Eric, my disciple, or, or Apostle Eric? My disciple, my disciple, <laughs> overseer, Woodley, <laughs> or just Wood, my disciple. Isn't that a blessing? My disciple, Jesus told us how to become a disciple. John chapter 8, can you go to John chapter 8? Verse 31. We might start verse 30, but let's see how Jesus said one becomes a disciple quickly. Because we see at play here, God has a co-laborer. God needed Ananias. Are you with me, saints? I think it's First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10 says, We are co-laborers. We'll get to it in a while. Amen. But you got it? John chapter, can you go to verse 30? Back up to verse 30 for contextual purposes. As he spake, Jesus is preaching and the Bible says, as he spake these words, many what? Hold on, hold on, stay right there. As he spoke, people got saved. Is that alright? Listen to what he told those who just got saved. Verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which what? Believed on him. Oh, oh, here it comes. If you continue in my words. Can you say if? Yes. If means what? You've got a choice. 
it's not, look, if means not everybody's going to submit to what I'm telling you. If means, look, you got to choose to do what I'm going to tell you. Uh, thank you. You've got to be intentional about it. So Jesus said to those folks who just get saved. That's why I said I'm not the one who's saying there's a, that there's a difference between folks who got saved and those who are mature. I'm not the one. The Bible is clearly, clearly communicating that to us. So you have to decide whether or not you want to grow or not. Amen? Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word. If you do what? Then are you... Can you say for real? That's what indeed means. <laughs> oh, not because you got saved, you're a disciple according to Jesus. Isn't it in red? It is in red. Jesus is speaking. It's not me. Since I'm just delivering the mail, I'm just the mailman. Amen. I'm not the source. Jesus said, not everybody who's saved is a disciple. Now he tells us how to cross over. He said, if you continue. Mm -hmm. Can I put it another way? If you have a program, a system to grow. Yes. If you got a system to read five Psalms a day. One proverb, the proverb of the day. Then the Bible, that's what's going to happen is you're going to meet God. You know, there is more than, there is more that meets the eye that what, than what I'm telling you. Are you getting me? Wood, there is more that meets the eye. Are you getting me, elder? There is more that meets the eye. There is more. When you sit to expose your mind to God's word, the Holy Spirit jumps in and he decides now what he's doing. He's renewing. He's taking old thoughts. Replacing them with new thoughts. Especially when you take your mouth and put on God's word. When you start reading the Lord is my shepherd. The Holy Ghost say, oh, oh we're going to make that happen. Hmm? Are you with me? The Lord and you, you put your voice, the power. Rema on that. and Rema changes, you know that. The written word here is called what? This is what? Logos. That's just written word. When you take logos and put on your breath, it becomes rhema. Rhema is powerful. This is what the Bible says rhema does in a Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is quick. That word, that word, word that word, that word. Too fast. That word here, the word is not logos. It's rhema. The spoken word is quick. Powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing to the dividing asunder. That is why the devil wants you to be quiet. He wants you to say. Mm -hmm. That's what he wants you to do. Groan. Not humble yourself and say. Praise the Lord. He doesn't want that. No he doesn't want that. No no he doesn't want that. Because the day you start saying that. Your whole world is going to change. <laughs> simple things simple things said over and over again in church over and over again that's how the man became a disciple he continued in the word he made time let me share this with you one revelation from God based on what you want to do can advance you 10 years one revelation can you say one revelation 
one idea from God. We've all the busy and running around trying to put things in place and forgetting God. Trying to pursue this and pursue that. One revelation from God can advance you 10 years. Save you 10 years of time, money. Say it again, Pastor Webb. And heartache. Yes. One revelation from God. I know I just say. I'm not telling you what they said to me. I'm telling you what I've experienced. But we're too busy. <laughs> we're too busy. Um, the demons in hell, they met. They had, they had a conference. The Christians were advancing. The devil kept saying, why can't, why can't we stop these Christians? They would just, they would, they, they would go to the, uh, uh, um, the, the, not the pharaohs. Um, sorry, since I'm, I'm looking for a word. Have you called the kings of the Jews? Not the Jews, the, the, the Romans, the Caesars. Sorry, sorry about it. You know, president and Caesar is the same thing. Here we say president, the Romans say Caesar. So the Caesars were taking the Jews to the Colosseums and they were killing them. And the Christians were running towards their death. And the devil said, read Fox's book of matter. And the devil said, what's going on? We cannot stop these people. And so there was a conference in hell. And the devil said, I need somebody to tell me how to stop these Christians. And one demon excited. You know, sometimes you're just excited when to talk. Say. <laughs> and the demon said, let's tell them. That Jesus is not Lord. And the devil said, that's a good point. He said, but they know that already. They know he's Lord. It's written, many of them know that. The devil said, good, good point, good try though. Men silence in hell. Another demon raised his hands. And he said, let's tell them of their future. Let's lie to them of their future. And the devil said, they will tell us of our past. So, let's not go there. <laughs> but there was an old demon who had a lot of experience. He was the one who took down King David. And when he read, he's known because he is powerful. He raised his hands and silence went over hell. And he says, let's not tell them that Jesus is not Lord. Let's not tell them. Of the future. But let's keep them so busy. <laughs> They'll never find out. Find, you see why we are so busy? Demons ensuring that we are so busy. will never find out why Jesus is Lord. Yeah. yeah. Their, their goal is not to tell you Jesus is. They, they know that. But they just don't want you and I to find out. Because when you do it changes you. Man you walk differently. You talk differently. You look at your problems differently. You no longer remain quiet. You don't, you devil in the name of, the name of Jesus get to be real. You, uh, that's why you need to get, that, that's why the five Psalms and the one proverb is not just sitting to read. It's just, the, it's not just, it's not just worthless, a worthless exercise. It's to get you to the point where you get to know the power that's in the name of Jesus. Because the Bible tells us in Psalms 124 verse 8. I will help 
is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. He doesn't want you to know where your help comes from. That's the problem. Did you see the process to become a disciple? Because when you become a disciple, all of a sudden now, you get that power. And you can use that name. That name becomes personal to you. That name, the name of Jesus becomes personal to you. I think Peter was preaching. You remember Peter was preaching his first sermon on the day of Pentecost? And they said to Peter, how did you do that? How did you and John laid your hands and the lame men walked? Peter said, listen to why. He said, it is because of that name and the faith in that name. <laughs> Ooh, Peter said, that name and faith in that name gave him strength in his legs. It wasn't a surgery. Thank God for surgeons. It was the power of God. Uh, uh. <laughs> and so the devil is busy. He doesn't want us to get to that point where we can know that name and have faith in that name. And so when things doesn't work for us, we complain. I stop blaming everybody else. I'm now blaming me. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm saying, how come I can lay hands and nothing is happening? It's not God, it's me. How many of you know it's not God, it's me? <laughs> it's not God. Because God has given us all the power already. Let me share this with you, saints. Healing is still in the Bible. So, are you kidding me? So, we have to teach it. Praise the Lord. Because sometimes our medical practitioners may tell us, I cannot do anything for you. Praise the Lord. I, I can't help. Amen. So who do you go to? Yes. Remember our friend, the woman with the issue of blood. Amen. And as I said, let me say it again. I have nothing against medical practitioners. I thank God for them. I celebrate them. We thank God for these people. Amen. However, like Naaman, you may have an incurable disease. Like Naaman. Let me say it again. <laughs> Like Naaman, you may have an incurable disease. You know what Naaman had? Leprosy. All I'm doing since is I'm trying to bring to your attention. There's a certain type of people God called disciples. We see it here. God called Ananias a disciple. Because God needs co-laborers. We said that the, the first principle is here is that God needs co-laborers. He was looking for a co-laborer. He found one called Ananias, but he called him a disciple. Is that all right? We just outlined how you become a disciple. You have to continue in his word. You got to do what you got to do. You continue in his word. You make time for the word and you do what the word says. I was reading, I was reading some information on Elon Musk because I was very, I was just very, Curious, you know, where did he come from? You know, he just, <laughs> just came from nowhere. And I read and I saw, you know, I was telling my son about it. That Musk would pour himself over physics books. He would read and call all these professors. And... Uh, the guy who was his partner said Elon would lock himself for days just reading in a room. And he said, 
just textbooks after textbooks after textbooks. And I said to myself, I mean, what if I do the same thing? Bible after Bible after Bible. You know, different versions. <laughs> commentary after commentary. What if we just pour ourselves over? Mm? You think I may come up with something from God? Maybe not a Tesla, but you, you, <laughs> yeah, do, do, I mean, you get what I'm saying? You think, <laughs> because a disciple means a learner student. If I become a learner student, you think I may just come up with something different? Or you may just come up with something different? Yes, it's a law. Jesus said in his last days, knowledge shall cover the earth like waters cover the sea. It is a promise God gave already. And some people just submit to that. Some of us just don't. Amen. But I'm just, I just thought, because here am I thinking, you know, how many of you, you grew up thinking sometimes God does for others, he doesn't do for others. I don't know about you, but that's, that's how I grew up. I grew up Pentecostal and I, I sat and the way things were, it's, it's like God would do some things for some people and he wasn't doing for others. You know, so I grew up with that mentality. You, 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 get, you get what I'm saying? It took me years to realize that to re, that has nothing to do with God. God doesn't, because God doesn't practice speciality. Amen? That's what the Bible says. God does not, Romans chapter 2 verse 11, he does not practice speciality. So it has to, so I was the problem. So I began taking ownership for my problem. I just thought I would share that with you. Amen? <laughs> but the Bible talks about You remember how many people that were on that were on the um, when Jesus ascended to heaven? How many people the Bible said accompanied him? You remember how many people I heard it? Five hundred people. How many people accompanied Jesus when he went to heaven? Five hundred people. How many people saw Jesus left the ground and defied gravity? And went to heaven. They saw the clouds took him. How many people? 500 people. How many people were in the upper room? 120. Where did 380 went to? <laughs> they, had a, they had an if. Jesus told them to continue praying in the temple. That's what the, he said. Jesus said, don't you leave Jerusalem. Stay until you get the promise of the father. Some people left and say, I got my stuff to do. What are you talking about? Are you talking about don't leave Jerusalem? I got a business deal in Cairo, Egypt talking about don't leave Jerusalem. You see, because they got a choice. Yeah, they got a choice. And the same thing is happening. 500 people saw the, Jesus defy gravity. And his last command was do not leave Jerusalem. But remain in the temple. I would, listen to me. I would bring a bed in the temple. You hear me? I would get a blow up mattress. <laughs> because I know the promise of the father is coming. If I see a man defy gravity. He was not in a hurry. But he just began. And everybody's looking. 
and an angel came and said, close your mouth. The same Jesus you saw. <laughs> well, the angel said, you men of Galilee, amen. But it's the same thing because he saw them. He said, the same Jesus. <laughs> you see <laughs> who was taken from you. He's coming back the same way. And Jesus said to them, think about what happened since. We are doing the same things today. Mm -hmm. and, so, and, and so when we miss it, that's why I'm sharing with you the need to be a disciple. Hear me, 2023 is coming to an end. It's coming to a what? An end. And we cannot start 2024 the way we end 2023. We have to make some decisions now. And I was telling my wife, God said to me, there is a tool I use to memorize the New Testament. In 24 to 48 hours, you can memorize the New Testament. And I said, I'm going to start giving. I'm just going to give it to everybody. I'm going to come and just, because I want, I was with some pastors and we kept saying, they kept saying, man, I wanted my people to end 2023 strong, but you know, and it just came to my heart. Well, give them a tool. And I said, oh, I'm going to help as many Christians, 5,000, so they can say, look, we end 2023 and we can memorize the New Testament. Amen. We can memorize. You can memorize it in 48 hours. If you know, if you're intentional. For most of you, it's going to take five days. Just five days to memorize from Matthew to Revelation. Just like that. Are you interested in that tool? Okay, it's coming this week. Amen. I'm all I'm putting it together. So, so brothers and sisters, God is looking for whom? Disciples. And you and I, we can be that disciple. So the first thing I said is there's a principle here. God needs co-laborers. God needs whom? And I am a co-laborer. You are a co-laborer. Can you go to first Corinthians chapter? Oh, we are laborers together. You remember where it is? First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9, I think. Or second Corinthians, one of them. Let me just show you because you need to, we need to understand that. Amen. We just think, well, hey, God can do whatever he wants. And he can, but he's chosen to. Yes, first Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9. I thought that's where it was. It says, for we are co-laborers. Co-laborers to what? Yes, yes. And it went, it went on to describe what a co-laborer is. You got it? First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9. You are God's what? Husbandry. Husbandry is a farmer. You are God's farmer. Can you say you are, I'm God's farm? You are God's walking farm. You are God's what? Building. You are God's walking building. God lives in you. Mm -hmm. And the reason why the Bible says you are God's farm is because God is always planting good stuff in you. Amen. Making us nice like Jesus was nice. The Bible says Jesus had the oil of gladness. Amen. Always, always a nice. He was a nice guy to be around. Amen. Just a nice dude to be around. Amen. He didn't have that spiritual face all the time. That must be God. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. 
You know, my mom used to have that face all the time. <laughs> Anyhow. We are laborers together with God. Anybody, do, do, do you see that? God needs you. God needs, don't you count yourself out like I did myself? Don't you count yourself out? God needs you. Yes, he does. Wherever you are, because you are a laborer, a worker, together with God. Together with God. You see, if God comes to the office and he speaks, everything is falling apart. His voice is powerful. You remember when God spoke from heaven? And he said, this is my son. He knew I'm well pleased. Some people say, oh my God, that's thunder. <laughs> you, you, you remember that? <laughs> because... <laughs> God, so God needs to speak through us. Do, do you think of these things? I'm saying while you go around doing your daily, do you, do you realize that, that God needs you? Let, let, me, let me guarantee you this right here. If you are so conscious of God, as you go about your daily business, God will, you'll walk past people and God will tell you what to tell them. It's amazing. It's am you'll just step back and say, hey bro, such and such and such. And say, how do you know that? God, but you see, he's always speaking. But when we are caught up, amen, with our own challenges, it makes it difficult for him to get through. Since can we try to be like Ananias? I mean, not like him, we have to be like Jesus. But I'm saying, at least can we strive for God to call us a disciple like Ananias? Because God needs us. Don't you think that God doesn't need us? I always, growing up, I don't know, for some reason, uh, oh, God can do this. Oh, God doesn't need this. No, God does. He does need human beings. He does need us. Are you with me? So it behooves you and I to position ourselves to be used by God. And here is why God needs us too. It says here, and brothers and sisters, I cannot belabor that point enough. It says here, he was a certain. You remember we said that last week. A certain, the word certain means, it's amazing. It is T-I-S in the Greek, tis, and it means a man or a woman. It means nothing. Wow. God would use a word that means nothing to refer to somebody. And the reason why God is going out of his way to do that is to let you and I know there is a seat at the table for you. <laughs> Ooh, don't you count yourself out God wants to use you more than you want to be used mm, isn't that a wonderful God anybody can be certain praise the Lord isn't that a blessing I'm happy about that that makes me feel good that makes me feel like I belong mm, God is interested in me Mm, God didn't treat me like how Jesse treated David. Are you getting me? The little boy was in the field, amen? Working hard and Samuel the prophet came in the house of the Lord. Amen and said, God sent me to your house, Jesse, because there's a king in this house. And Jesse said, Eliab, come forth. And Eliab came forth, a pretty boy. And he swung his robe. And Jesse said, surely this is the anointed of God. And God said, I have rejected him. And Jesse and 
Samuel, is that, is that all your sons? You brought all the pretty boys to me. Is there another one? Is there a hard worker in the house? And Jesse said, oh my God, I forgot. <laughs> oh, glory. not Jesus. There is room at the table for everyone. And they all had to wait while the real king, the chosen one came. And so he came sweating. Mm-hmm. Ruddy. Rough. You know, when you're keeping the sheep, you smell like sheep. <laughs> Listen to me. God can pass the smell of a sheep to a good heart. Yeah. And so when he came in, <laughs> the Lord said, this is my anointed. You see, there is room at the table for us. There is room at the table for us. Don't you count yourself out. Amen. There is room at the table, Wood. There is room. Mr. Gilmore, there is room at the table. There is room at the table. God has not counted you out. I, with, I, want to leave, I want you to leave here today with your chest high. Your shoulders up. Knowing that God works with me. God works through me. Amen. I'm going to position myself to hear my father. Can you give the Lord some praise? Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to strive to be a disciple. I'm going to continue in the word. I'm going to be intentional about it. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, bless God. If you're looking today and you are not saved, today is a good day to get saved, to move from darkness to his marvelous light. Oh, we live in the last days. Don't we live in these last days? Yes, we do. It, it concerns me now because Israel is now being attacked from all four sides. And you know what the Bible says about Israel when it's attacked? On all four sides. God will come defend her. Oh God I give you praise. Woo! Ah, hallelujah. We live. So if you are not saved. Today is a good day to get saved. A lot of pain. And strife and sorrow out there. God is calling you today. The Bible says if you hear his voice. Harden not your heart. Say yes to Jesus. Pray this prayer with me. And secure your eternal salvation. Say Heavenly Father. Woo, I recognize I'm a sinner. I can't help myself. And so I thank you for sending Jesus. <laughs> to take away my sins. <laughs> Say Jesus. I repent from my sins. Yeah, you got to tell, you got to say that because the Bible says you have to repent from your sins. Say, Jesus, I repent from my sins and I make you my Lord. Say it loud, I make you my Lord now and forever. Now you have a new Lord, one who cares. If you pray this prayer, you will move from, the, from darkness to his marvelous light. We rejoice with you. Heaven is rejoicing with you. Wow. What a blessing. Send us some information at iogmtally at gmail.com. 
That's iogmtali at gmail.com. We'll pray with you. Amen. And send you some information so you can grow in your Christian life. We are so excited that you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Congregation, can you give the Lord a hand of praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.